welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, there's two defeats to discuss. The narrow midweek loss to Exeter at Ashton Gate and a big defeat away at sale at the weekend. We'll also look ahead to Friday's game against Worcester at Six Ways and give our thoughts on the game and the likely squad as the matches are coming thick and fast again. We've also got new arrivals in the Bears camp, a less than smooth season ticket process and some funky training kit to discuss. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined on the phone by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, it's lovely to have the four of us back together again. Um, so, uh, Pete, I, I believe you, you, you've been having a few um, timing issues uh, um, at the moment. T- t- tell us where you are and, and what's up. Mate, I am so stressed. I'm so, I'm currently sat in my car with an extension lead running out of the caravan because I was running out of batteries, hunting for 4G. I can't even sit in my awning because we've taken it down. Um, regular listeners will know that I've spent most of the summer down in the South South Devon, and this is actually my last night, and we're heading home in about half an hour. Um, so uh, I've, I've, I thought, I didn't think I was going to make it, but I, I've managed to somehow make it by the the skin of my teeth um and and on the pod with you boys but uh, it is it's been quite a stressful uh last 25 minutes i've got to say well it's good to have you pete um lee um how are you fella long time no speak it must have been all of uh, the the late hours of uh, saturday night sunday morning <laughs> Yeah, I'm back at HQ, Tony, after um, a, a lovely meal at your uh, residence. Um, and uh, the only thing that let it down really was the result. But all good year back at HQ in uh, in Ashton, buddy. Brilliant. And, and Miles, good to have you back with us. Um, how, how was your uh, your holiday on the Flying Dutchman? Yeah, very juicy. <laughs> back from my little sailing holiday on the Norfolk Broads. Unlike Pete, we sensibly decided to come back before the bank holiday, so I'm uh, unwinding, stress-free, back in the South Bill, and yeah... Good to, be, good to be with you, Good, good. Right, well, let's crack straight on because we've got a lot to uh, lot to get through. So there's two games to look at. And the first of those was the game on the 25th of August. Um, that defeat, that last gas defeat uh, for the Bears at home to against Exeter Chiefs. We lost 22-25. Uh, let me come to um, Lee first. Overall, your your thoughts on, on the game and the performance? Um, I think we we looked a little bit lacklustre, um, a little bit leggy, if I'm honest. Um, but having said that, I mean, when we saw the Chiefs uh, side, that we we kind of were still kind of cautiously optimistic that we would, uh, you know, be able to beat them. But I tell you what, they come out of the traps and they um, they really they surprised me in the intensity, the power, the pace. Um, and yeah, I think the better team won on the day, to be perfectly honest, Tom. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly they, they shot away into that 15-0 lead. Uh, let, let, let me come to Pete. Um, Pete, any question marks over you on Pat's selection for that game? Because I think lots of people on social media were thinking maybe this is when we would have seen a few people rested and a few more changes. Well, yeah, I've seen that. And I mean, I think it's in hindsight you could say that. But I think when we, we saw both those lineups, and particularly the Bristol lineup, I think, you know, that was a strong side. We we cut out there and you know there were problems in the first half and I think you know and Pat alluded to that he said there were some system errors um, which doesn't suggest that was necessarily you know individual problems as it were or or team selection and you know we did come back into it in the second half and I've got to be honest when we when Yoan Lloyd scored that try I thought we had and we went 17-15 up I thought we had that game and it was it was it was more disappointing really to have lost it right at the end so in hindsight I think you know I'm of the I'm of the uh, the 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 opinion that I think that was one that got away, um, and we were you know on the back of that that was our strong team, and we were always then going to have to pick a a weakened one against Sale. Um, so I think you know I, I think there was a there was a few it was, it was just really disappointing, and and I agree with Lee. I thought Exeter you know they they deserved it, and I think they showed what ten years of squad building does, um, and we've only had two. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a it was a tricky one to call, but you know, ultimately, we you can't knock the result. You know, the result was the result. And, and Miles, come to you. Any any particular performances that stood out for you on the night? <laughs> oh, we were laughing for this. Yeah, a few from Exeter, sadly, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I mean, I did like the, the look of Yoan Lloyd when he came on. I, I agree with with the boys in the second half. I thought he injected a little bit of pace and a little bit of something different. Uh, and, and like Pete, I was a bit gutted that we didn't win that game. But knowing Exeter as we do over the years, you know, the, the, the winning try came from the driving ball in our sort of five metres. And it just proves that really, despite the squad, despite the team that they choose, they could play a damn good game, whoever they pick. And the minute they get near your line, it's sadly nearly a given that they're going to get a try and that's what happened um, I mean I think a good overall performance I would have expected to win but yeah a little bit gutted that we didn't get it really but fair play to Exeter you know they're, they're good all round aren't they I think something that's crept into our game a little bit is is the high penalty count. And I know, um, you know, the breakdown and things are being refereed uh, tighter. But um, for their for their winning score, I think we were in there 22, weren't we? And then Jake Walmore, there was a, a yeah, high tackle. High tackle. No, nothing yeah. nasty, nothing nasty. But I think that was his third time he's been pinged for that in two games. Um, and then Earl, I think Barnsley, the referee told him, was it three times to leave it um, yeah. and uh, you know we conceded the penalty and then boom down down into deep into our 22 and uh, they went over for the score um, so you know I'm sure that's one area that if we can just tighten up a little bit um, you know we're not going to present uh, teams with so many opportunities and let's face it even a second string Exeter 15 um, you know they're, they're so well drilled they have their system um, and you're always going to struggle a little bit there um, any, yeah. any other points from, from the Exeter game that people want to yeah. mention I just I just think in the first half I know they you know they won the first half but I, I just think we huffed and puffed a bit and I felt 
I felt as though we were just kind of hoping if we gave it to Semi, he'd uh, he'd kind of run through. And and I think we weren't cute enough in that first half. And I just think back to that Gloucester game when um, you know Callum Cheedy put that little grubber through um, and, and stuff like that. And it just, you know, Exeter were really defending really well. They were really, they were they were coming. I mean, I thought both teams were playing that offside line pretty uh, tight as well. And, and Barnsley wasn't, you know, whilst I thought Barnes had quite a good game as a ref and a few people slagged him off, I thought he did all right. But I don't think he refereed the offside line very, very diligently. And I just thought, you know, why didn't we try something a little bit different in that first half? Just a little grubber kick through. We just seemed to like to want to just try and blast our way through Exeter and it was easy for them to just uh, you know and it, it shows that you know when in the second half when the game was a bit looser and we had a bit more space that's when it we really started to, to make a difference and I don't know I, and I was saying I think I commented to you on or Twitter I said I then suddenly thought the wind had played a big part we were against the wind in the first half and I thought actually in the second half suddenly we looked a bit better when you can dominate the territory a bit but then you know, then we then we blew it again at the end. So I just think I don't know. I just felt as though we went we went there with a bit of a, a kind of oh we hammered we we ran through Gloucester mentality. We'll do the same for these laws. In the first forty minutes, we didn't get anywhere because they were just so they defended well. So again, a lot of learnings in terms of you know don't change your game a little bit when it doesn't quite work out. You know how you're expecting, but I don't know. You might disagree, boys, but that was my feeling of it. I I got a quick point to add to that because I know we're not going to stay long on the Chiefs game. But uh, Phil Dorman um, played absolutely fantastic for yeah. the Chiefs in that game, and and the big the big build up on the on the TV was what Semi's going to do. He's going to do this. He's going to do it. Yeah. Actually, Dorman's man of the match for me by a million miles, and it actually reminded me of the Gloucester game. Uh, me and Pete were watching it. Chris, uh, is it Chris Harris? Their centre, yeah, he yeah. played yeah, yeah. fantastic. Now I'm just wondering if it's if it's just teams finding a slight um, not a weakness, but obviously where we've got Semi there and he's new to the system to our system still. I just wonder. It's a question. It's a point of um, a point to raise. I think is two games there. We've had two centres of the opposition who, in my opinion, have, have played absolutely outstanding. Um, and I just thought it might be good to raise that maybe not now possibly at a different point in time if that continues to happen no no I think an absolute fair point and one of one of the things I just want to comment on is that uh, there are lot, lots of people mocking Bristol because you know uh, pretty much our, our, our strongest 15 had lost to Exodus second 15 but um uh, not to forget uh, that we went down there in November without the likes of Earl Sinclair, Radraja, and uh, we we beat them, having given them what was that a, a seventeen point head start. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're full strength yeah. fifteen, so um, it's one win apiece. We both scored forty two points each, um, so I think it just goes to show th- this Bears team can stand with anyone. And uh, you know when we played Exeter's first fifteen uh, earlier in the year. We beat them at Sandy Park. So and they've they've smashed on your teams as well. It's not just us, you know. No, no, absolutely. And I think you know maybe we'll come on to talk about this. But now these midweek games uh, are starting to throw up 
or, or all these games, three games in the space of about eight to ten days, are starting to throw up some some strange results uh, as lots of teams are rested. And uh, I suppose you could say uh, one of those was our uh, trip up to Sale at the weekend, where we lost forty points to seven, six tries uh, against, and just the one for us. Very much a second fifteen that we took up there, Miles. What what were your thoughts on the game? <laughs> well, yeah, to, to say I'm a little bit gutted is a bit of an understatement. But, you know, we all saw the team sheet. We saw how many academy players that Pat had picked to take up. And it was probably a given that we were never going to come away with a win, let alone any points. I mean, Sales had their first team out. They seem to have got over their ring rustiness. Fafter Clerk played an absolute blinder. And as we know, if he's, if he's on fire, then it's such a difficult team to win. I mean, they took full advantage of all the turnovers, which unfortunately there were a lot, and they absolutely smashed us. Yeah, I mean, they, they played exceptionally well. And playing like that, you can sort of see, really, Exeter and Sale is finishing one and two. I mean, yeah, sadly. Pete, Pete, let me come to you. I think you, you made the point that um, Exeter have had 10 years to um, bring a squad together and get lots of premiership experience. You look at Steenson that was playing at fly half. He, he's been there for the whole of that decade. Um, where you compare that to, to, to our second 15, and let's let's talk about maybe Tiff Eden, because uh, was coming in for his first premiership start, and um, well, it was a bad day at the office, and, and maybe a bad haircut as well. Well, I think, um, can I just first say that I'm very pleased that Miles has had the opportunity to use the phrase ring rustiness, because um, I think we've all used that in the last, and, and he missed the last couple of pods, so so thank goodness for that, that, that we did show a bit of ring rustiness, because Miles must have been feeling a bit left out, not yeah, having used that phrase. If I, Pete, if anyone's going to be ring rusty on the pod, it's Miles, isn't it? Well, exactly, yeah, I mean, I think he was talking about himself, wasn't he? But um, going back to Tony's question, um, Tiff Eden, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hugely disappointing for us personally as a pod because we we really have we bigged him up a lot in the past, and and he is a class player. There's no doubt about it. And um, you know, it, I think Tony. I've got to say, um, I should just point out Tony was uh, was on the Jeff Twentyman show afterwards, making some excellent points after the game. And one of the points he made was that it's always risky if you go out with a new barnet with highlights and and. Uh, colourful boots as a fly arm and have a nightmare and I think that kind of amplifies poor old Tiff's night um, you know what can we say everyone has a bad day at the office you know even the best even Johnny Wilkinson I think on his debut for England they lost like 90-0 or something in Australia didn't they anyway, so let's not dwell on it too much I mean we know he's a good player he knows he's a good player you know he'll come back strong afterwards but yeah but one one that he won't look back on in his uh, his highlights will he Lee let me come to you next you're you're our you're our Bristolian through and through um how did you feel to see um I think we had 10 10 from the academy there uh including um nine Bristolians in total in the 23 man squad how do you feel about seeing so many people come through the academy and so many Bristolians pulling on the the, the bare shirt you know mate dis- despite the result absolutely uh, proudest punch to see that many Bristolians on the field and you know I mean it, it, I think every to a man they all they, no one let their heads down 
they remained positive, they kept battling, and, and that's such a good, um, you know, a good positive to take from the game because, I mean, there wasn't many, but I think the youngsters, uh, done especially at six, I thought was, was outstanding. Um, you know, playing against the Curry brothers, Dupree, I mean, come on, world-class players, and he was outstanding for me. I think he was our best player on the pitch. Um but yeah, it was brilliant, and and also don't forget we had we had Mitch to come back in as well. You know, my my favourite player. So, um, you know, it was it was one of those games that taking the most mostly academy side up there against a full Sharks squad was always going to be a tough assignment. But I think as supporters, we need to remain positive for for the sake of the youngsters. You know, we want to build their confidence. We don't want to knock them, do we? So we'll we'll, let, we'll, we'll stick that one in the locker for Tiff and we'll we'll come back stronger supporting them even more from, uh, from this week onwards again, as we always do. Yeah, I think I think one of the things for me that um, suddenly out of nowhere we've got this bit of a front row crisis. Um, obviously, with uh, you know Armstrong's out till till next season anyway with an ankle injury. He's out, I believe he's had an operation. Um, Afoa pulled that calf muscle before the Exeter game. Not sure how long he's going to be out. And, and Lahif went off with a head injury assessment again. Not quite sure how, how long he's going to be out. And I, I just wanted to single out Jan Thomas um, because I thought he did remarkably well for you know a, a loose head prop having to to move across the scrum and play tight head. Um, I think and ag- against that sale pack as well. Um, um, I, 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 I hats off to him. I, I think he did really well. Absolutely, lots of lessons to be learned. But I think, as Pat as well said afterwards, he was disappointed because we didn't play our game. We made too many mistakes. The system broke a little bit. But the, these kind of games are going to get thrown up um, certainly um, in this this wacky season that we've got. Um, any, any- and that can that can happen with youngsters, Tone, can it? I mean, the, the the guys, you know, they haven't got the experience yet to go back to a plan B if plan A doesn't work. So, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I I can see where Lamb Pat Lamb's coming from. You know, he was disappointed, but you know, ultimately, those lads that were on that pitch when, or in the squad will learn massively from from that experience. Can we also have a shout out? I think for. Um, Will Capon as well, I think. Um, I, I need to credit my mate Mark Newell, who uh, who uh, been on the pod in the past and, and does know his onions. But he's a big big fan of Capon, and he 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 reckoned that he had a good game, and he thinks he's a potential England number two. Um, says he's got good hands, never knocks on, and uh, and uh, you know just kind of look, you know, he's got a bit of pace about him. So and, and you know he, he was. Yeah. He, pretty well didn't he I think considering so yeah, you know we um, still forget he's, he's a youngster still yeah he's still only 19 or 20 isn't he or maybe 20 so you know and he does he, 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 uh, I think you know we've got to keep we keep an eye on him as well and obviously his yellow cap helps you know it gets him uh, gets him noticed as well so uh-huh. he's got it Absolutely, I think that's a really good point, Pete. Because um, what one of possibly his his weaknesses has been his throwing from time to time. Yeah. But actually, I thought he he was spot on in yeah. the uh, line out throwing. Absolutely he- solid. Yeah. Right then, gentlemen. Well, let's not dwell too long on that that sale result. Um, onwards and upwards. Um, but before we talk about the next game, which is uh, Worcester away, we have some new arrival in the camp. Um, so three players signed on. 
on short-term um, loan to cover. Th uh, two from Connaught. Um, uh, Peter McCabe, who is uh, a loose head prop. Now, here we are. I'm going to have a, 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 a name issue here. Um, Nii Adiolokan, who is a Connaught that's, winger. Good enough for me, too. Good enough yeah, for me. Um, and um, played with Pat, and I think he scored a try, didn't he, when Connaught won the... Um, the, the, the Pro 14 and we've also got uh, from Cardiff Blues Kieran Aserati who is a tight head prop so um, they uh, the two props were on the bench for the sale game must be incredibly difficult to uh, actually come in at such short notice and then be thrown straight into a premiership game against a, a full strength sale. Let me come to you, Lee. Any any thoughts on those signings? I think probably reinforcing the front row was expected, but um, the, the the winger did you did you see that coming? No, we did. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, obviously, we didn't really see. Um the front row issues that, that like you said that really kind of crept up on us uh, overnight didn't it with Big John um, being injured as well well no I, the, the, it's obviously this is a guy the winger um, obviously is a guy who Pat knows uh, and trusts uh, a lot and even though I wouldn't say you know wing is a position we need to strengthen and maybe it's the wily old fox in Pat that actually has picked out a player who's um, it was obviously available and and someone that, that he thinks would be a useful addition should we need cover in that area, you know, in the future, possibly. But I have to admit, I I don't know that much about all three of them. If I'm if I'm totally honest. No, and uh, let, let me come to Miles. Miles, your 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 thoughts on the three that have come in. I mean, the two from Connell, uh, uh, twenty eight and twenty nine respectively, uh, yeah. and, the, and the tight head from Cardiff, Kieran. He, he's twenty three. Um, is this anything more than just short term deal, um, or do, or do um, you see any of these potentially staying a bit longer? I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, last season we thought Brian Byrne was just a little short of filling, and then he obviously impressed Pat so much that we ended up signing him didn't we this season so I mean if the boys play well I mean as you said I mean a few of them came on against Wasps um, Azarati gave obviously Jan Thomas a well deserved break in about the last 10 minutes and he played alright it was a huge pack to come up against and um he seemed to step up I mean play his part I mean I feel it's just a bit of injury cover but as you said Jake Armstrong's out for the rest of the season we just don't know how well the the team are going to sort of work on these lads do we and, and fix their, their, their issues so I don't know I, I feel it's just sort of injury cover but who knows really next season a few might move on and a few might stay but uh, yeah they, they did well actually the weekend they stepped up yeah, because I mean, before before they arrived, our only fit tight head was uh, Carl Sinclair, and yeah. uh, let's face it, he's going to be away um, with with England soon. So uh, it did look a bit worrying, but hopefully, a Foer and Lahif, it won't be too long before before they're on their way back. Do you know what the biggest surprise to me, Tony, was that it wasn't Big Nicky Thomas come back. I mean, I thought he must be gutted. He must have. He must have looked at that news and thought, "I've got another contract at the Bears." And uh, 
poor old Nicky, Nicky Thomas Nicky has been bypassed by some Nicky young from Cardiff. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who's this? He'll be looking. Who's this youngin from Cardiff who gets the gets the the uh, the loan gig when it's it's my gig that? Well, so I, I mean, that's that's the biggest talking point, to be well, honest. Well, that's it. I mean, where's Mark, Nicky Thomas? Mark, Mark Tainton's got him on speed dial on his phone, hasn't he? Yeah. That we 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 phoned him so often to come across, but uh, there we are. Let's uh, let's move on because um, we have uh, an important game coming up. Having lost two games in the Premiership, I'm sure Pat will want to to get a win under his belt, and it's Worcester away. Um, six ways, not a very happy hunting ground for us over the last few years. Let me come to Pete first. And what I'm going to do, I want you to, Pete, give me your, uh, who, who, what kind of team you think Pat's going to pick? Who do you think's going to be in? Is it going to be full strength or, or are we going to see a bit of a mix? But I'd also yeah. like your prediction for the game. And I think, Pete, we may have to then let you go to, to get on the road back to... That's um, it, mate. I'm, I'm getting daggers <laughs> for the missus. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to sign out after this. So I'm going to try and make it as, as, as perceptive and insightful as usual. And, and unfortunately, it's going to have to be a bit uh, circumspect as well. <laughs> Right. Um, my thinking on Worcester is that you know we've got we've we've got to put out a strong side. It, I think we've got to forget about the bogey stuff about worry. You know, there's crowds aren't there. We know they've got a slightly dodgy pitch, but we to me this is a kind of pretty important game to win. We've got to get something from this game, um, and I think Pat's going to have to look at this and he's going to have to analyse where their weaknesses are and plug some strengths. Um, they put out, unfortunately, a very, very weak team and got absolutely mullered by um, Exeter, didn't they? So I think, I be suspect, suspect they're going to be putting out a strong team. So I, I'm kind of a bit nervous about Friday. It's going to be another... Uh, I, I'm nervous because they're going to be strong and they've got some good players, we know that. I'm nervous because, you know, I don't want us to lose another game. We've suddenly gone from winning seven in a row to suddenly could be losing three in a row. Um I don't think we've got any problems about top six, have we? Because I think Harlequin's 11 points behind us. But I, I don't want us to come out of this this game and suddenly start worrying that, you know, all that that positive talk and optimistic stuff we had in the first two games of top four and suddenly find out that we're now in a little bit of a, a trouble, uh, a little bit of trouble because, you know, they're all massing up behind us. Um, so my... I think it's going to be two strong teams out on Friday. That's my prediction. Consequently, I think it's going to be a close game. And uh, I just think somehow we have got to create space for our our big boys to to run at them. And I don't know whether the, we do that by breaking the game up. We do that by mixing the kick in. I don't know. So I'm going to go for... Uh, 1813 to Bristol. Oh. Mm, right, okay. And um, do, do you see any any of the players that played against Sale um, being part of that starting 15? I well, I mean I think Capon might be on the bench again. I think um, I think he might have done enough to, to get a bench. I think hopefully Thacker will be back. Um, I mean Malin's I would imagine Charles, if he's fit, will be straight back in there. Maybe Malins won't be. Um, who else? We might. I mean, Hughes will come back in. I mean, we need to. We need to really front up to them. We need some of our big 
big boys Atwood perhaps back in again um, I must say actually after the um, Exeter game I thought Atwood was interviewed afterwards and spoke very well actually I was very impressed with him and his analysis of the game um, but I think we need some scrappers in there um, so yeah I mean I think you know Morahan I guess will start on the wing I think we'll get Purdy back in again they've had a, wait, a week off um, I just think about the centre is an issue isn't it uh, you know do we you know maybe maybe this is my kind of left field prediction maybe Semi will go on the wing and maybe they'll take a bit of pressure off him because he has had a couple of chastening games where, you know, he's you know Dolman ran past him for that try, didn't he? And uh, um, so I maybe will he'll look back and O'Connor's had a couple of you know bedded in now. Um, Pizziali and O'Connor maybe go back to to kind of what we know a little bit and and maybe my little prediction might be that Semi might go on the wing, but. There we go. And on that note, boys, I'm going to have to sign out. And I'm disappointed I'm not going to get to talk about the season ticket renewal. But I'm sure you'll do a fantastic job of uh, talking through the fans. Um, and I was one of those people that struggled, but I did actually manage to work it out at the end, unlike some people. So, um, cheers, boys. All right, safe, safe cheers, journey, guys. Safe journey, back. Yeah, cheers, fellas. Bye. There we go. The uh, Pete, Pete, Pete has left the room. Um, so Lee, Lee let, let let me come to you now. Um, do do you agree with uh, Pete's analysis there? And two players I, I'd be particularly interested that um, did play at Sale, who, who I'd class as you know pretty much starting fifteen, if not starting twenty three. Uh, Jake Woolmore and Ben Earl. Do you see them being involved um, at Worcester? Um, I mean, I, I, the problem is, I think Pat's getting the, the slight issue now with game time, isn't he? Um, and am I right in that, that Jake's been sort of pretty much picked for most games and, and Ben Earl's played the last couple? Um, yes, you would want to play them, but I, I mean, I don't know, maybe give them sort of half a match or so. And I mean, as Pete alluded to, um, both teams are going to have to put out such a strong side because this is quite an important win. Um, you know, we've had four very tough games, haven't we? We won two and lost two, but there's now four very winnable games. And I'm, you know, I'm glad we're not going up to six ways, aren't you, lads? Because our record up there, and we go and watch them, is absolutely terrible. Um, you know, and they're a fast team on their own pitch. Um, but you know, we've got this nice undercover 4G pitch now, haven't we? We hopefully uh, playing on the same surface as them, but. Um, going to be a very tough game um, yeah I mean maybe Earl will get a, a bit of a rest or come on in the second half and Jake um, Jake Warmore too really Okay, well, I, I don't think we, we certainly haven't got a plastic pitch. It's it's it's. Um, I know I know what you mean. We've uh, um, got got one of the, the kind of hybrid pitches. Um, Lee, your your thoughts, and I'm particularly interested as well. Um, and I'll come back to um, Miles as well on this point. Um, the we we've got Worcester on Friday, um, and then I think Northampton on Tuesday. Uh, and then uh, we are away at Wasps um, the weekend after that. Uh, um, so can Pat play three full-strength teams like he did um, for those first three games of the season? I, I think that we might see a, a very similar um, squad to to the first squad if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, the first squad back from from lockdown post lockdown um, 
And I kind of think that is that's going to be Pat's rotation system because um, he knows that that's the amount of minutes that we can get from from those players. Um, I mean, you know, obviously Dan Thomas hasn't had so much game time as he recently, so I think um, he he might come back in and get some game time. Um, Vui and Atwood, I think, would probably play second row because um, obviously, you know, Joycey probably and Ed Holmes have played a lot of time recently. So I, I, I don't know. I, I know I'm all for this, it actually guessing the, the squad, but I just think that Pat, that's Pat's kind of system of, of working. And I think that's, he'll go back to that and almost kind of reset and go again with, with the, you know, uh, injuries aside with pretty much that kind of system again okay, what to, to, to play pretty strong um, squads for those three games but don't forget I mean I, the, the fourth game of this current run will sail away and you can argue always oh, going to be tif- difficult you've got to take the team uh, you know all the way up to, to Greater Manchester to play but in this little run of league games that we've got coming up with Worcester, Northampton and Wasps, of course, the fourth game in that run is the Challenge Cup quarterfinal. At Certainly Home is. Dragons. <laughs> so, Which is why I think the weaker side would be the side that plays Wasps. That would, that would almost be our sell squad, if that makes sense. Interesting, Miles. And we've got everyone back for Dragons. Yeah, Miles, your thoughts? Yeah, fair point, Lee, but, you know, on current form, that is potentially the toughest game we're now going to face, isn't it? Wasps away. They suddenly have turned the corner um, just to scrape, you know, got a win against Bath today, haven't they, and moved up to fourth position. So you're right. I mean... We knew that Sale away would play first team, be very tough, and we decided to rest our main players. Um, and, you know, but Wasps came and squeaked in a win, didn't they, at the end of the, uh, the Christmas time? And you'd want a bit of revenge. But, yeah, it was really tough. Dragons that, that, um, the, the, the following week, we won a full-strength team against them. And, yeah, do, do you rest a few and, and uh, against Wasps? Difficult call. I think glad, glad I'm not director of rugby. I mean, I think it all comes down to if, if that is the way Pat's thinking. Um, obviously, we we do need to win those those games. We need to beat Worcester. We need to beat Saints. So if we if we win those two games, top six is is cemented. Yeah. So if we did get beat by Wasps, not such a bad deal, you know. But then we go into that Dragons game with a fully fit first team squad. Because uh, I think we'll all agree we want some we want some silverware in Europe this season, don't we, boys? No, absolutely. I, I think oh, yeah. the, the the interesting thing for me, I th- I think it's either the Northampton game or the Wasps game that um, we are going to see um, a, a a more of a second fifteen um, out against um, Northampton. I think it's interesting. I. I would suspect they wouldn't fancy a midweek trip down to Ashton Cape. I could see them sending a second 15 um, to to Bristol, which means does Pat then play maybe our second 15 against them um, with the hope of kind of evening things up um, and then rest a few players and you don't have to have that trip to Coventry to play Wasps? Or do we say, well, actually, we, we want to get the first 15 right on form for that um, Challenge Cup. So, um, 
you know, we'll we'll take I mean, a strong, just... strong, strong team to Worcester, strong team to Wasps, and then the yeah. third weekend is the Challenge uh, Cup quarterfinal. Sorry, Lee, carry on. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say the only clangor in that could be obviously the Wasp game is the last game before Dragons. And if we do pick up any injuries or niggles in that game, then I worry about the recuperation time going into it. So that was my that would be my only concern. Yeah. It's just the last game before. Uh, absolutely, I can I can see it kind of 50-50 really. I think the interesting thing, and this is why I think Northampton won't bring a strong team down to us midweek, is, is that uh, the following round um, they are away to Leicester, the big East Midlands derby. Now you're not going to rest your uh, starting fifteen for for the big derby game, so you know I think uh, they. They, they will want to uh, rotate and rest a few players for the Bristol trip. So, uh, well, it's going to be fascinating to see. As far as the Worcester game's concerned, I pretty much agree with you guys. I think Pat needs to get, get the team back in winning ways. Um, unless anyone's got a little niggle, I think we'll see a pretty uh, strong first 15, um, probably the, 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 the best that we can put out. Whether we'll see a little bit more on the bench, maybe, of some of the, um, some of the more fringe players just to be able to uh, possibly come on um, we'll we'll have to wait and see but fingers crossed that we can get back to, to winning ways there um, right gentlemen um, I am a little bit remiss because I haven't got your score predictions yet for this oh, one yeah. so let me come to well Miles you sound keen there let me, let well, me come no, to man, you first because I, I I I've written it down for once TC and I thought we, we, we'd move on a bit quickly um, I've got to say your, the... your predictions last week were shocking okay. shocking well, Miles <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the ones you gave me. Yeah. To be, I would have, you know, I would have loved a nil-nil score. To be honest with you, lads, but it wasn't to be. However, this week uh, it, it's going to be a, a narrow win, I think, for Bristol. I'm going to go twenty-one seventeen. Twenty-one seventeen. Lee, what's your um, learned opinion then, as far as the scoreline goes? <laughs> well, you know, I haven't even come close yet, have I? So I've, I've changed my mind three times since we started the pod, uh, but I am going to settle on a 24-18 victory for Briss. Right, we're all going for the win. Um, I am going to go for... Oh, this is interesting. I am going to go for a uh, 27-23 victory for Bristol. We've all gone for the away win. Um, and uh, pretty much apart from Pete's uh, 18 points we all think Bristol will be uh, scoring in the 20s so uh, let's hope that is right so you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans we're available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Podbean Buzzsprout and many more platforms if you like what you hear please leave a review or rating for the show you can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. 
Now, for our regular listeners that have been with us for some time, um, when we started the podcast, we had a section called Get My Goat. So these were the things about rugby in general or about the setup at Ashton Gate that maybe just got us a little bit niggled. Um, And we haven't had a goat um, for a few episodes but uh, I'd like to pass on to Lee now for this next section. Lee, in the last week, what got your goat? <laughs> okay, so obviously this is the big one this week, and it has to be the season card fiasco, Tony, because that was exactly what it was this week. Um, I mean, if I could just put my, my lovey hat on for a second... I've got here, it was positively Shakespearean in its drama, with Bristol Sport cast in the role of Iago in Othello. So it was that absolute shambles, wasn't it? I mean, I was in a position where I was actually in the Cotswolds on holiday. I was at um, Adam Henson's Country Park Farm. I had, I had no service to start with, and I thought that that was the issue. Um, because I tried to log on and log on and it kept it, it would let me go for five minutes and then throw me out. And actually subsequently then jumped in the car, drove to Stow on the Wald, had a full reception, full Wi-Fi, and the same thing happened. So I was absolutely distraught because you three by now had pretty much got your cards done. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna miss out, yeah. I'm gonna miss out. And so <laughs> so it wasn't Lee, it wasn't Adam Henson's milking parlour that put you off the the efficient process, mate. It was the debacle that is Bristol Sport, was it? And their, and their Adam Henson. <laughs> Adam Henson didn't have anything to do with it at all. It was. It was. I mean, first of all, when you were telling me, because obviously we were WhatsApping each other, weren't we, to kind of find out what was happening. And I couldn't even get the the drop down list of the credits on my my account at all. That that just didn't happen. Um, but but Lee, did, 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 didn't you find out that the the communication from Bristol Sport about an hour later did, didn't that help you? Because you know, <laughs> I think they'd already had about forty thousand people phoning up complaining. By then. <laughs> well, I didn't even I didn't even get that email, Miles. I wish oh, I had. Did. <laughs> well, I, I think that's part of the issue, isn't it? Because it, um, it, I don't, I don't. Did it come out as an email, or they were just um, tweeting, telling people how to use the vouchers? Um, but this was after things had been on sale for God knows how long that morning. And I think one of the big problems, and we've seen this on social media, and I think lots of people um, just didn't realise um, how or couldn't figure out how to apply um, the credit if they'd gone for option two with the season cards. And I think, Lee, you are in this situation, weren't you? You Obviously, you, you, you tried a couple of times, you were a little bit worried, the clock was ticking, and you, you've renewed your season season ticket without applying the voucher codes yes yeah that's what i had to do in the end time uh, i literally had no other option so it, it was a it was a case of right okay so i'll just buy it um subsequently i think janet marks had put some on the um the supporters facebook page that you can actually now you could email the uh, bristol sport and they will apply your credits to your account themselves um but obviously that 
we, I know, I now know that in hindsight, but at the time I just had this big panic and I just couldn't work out what, what the hell was going on to be perfectly honest with you. And it just seemed like it was all a complete shambles that was made up all at the last minute. It was so difficult to, to do anything with it. And it's like they designed the, the toughest possible thing they could do to make it as hard as they possibly could. I don't think you could have made it more difficult, to be no. honest. And you know what, Tony? It was a, it was a, I felt sorry for the fans. It was a bit of a double whammy. The system was an absolutely appalling, as we've all discussed, and it's been on the chat room, etc. The fact that why couldn't they... They'd know your season ticket number, automatically just add the credit at the end, apart from this ridiculous process of drop-down menus, finding gift voucher codes. And I think the problem was, probably a bit like yourself, Lee, fans, I think, were under immense pressure because we suddenly thought, well, if I'm not in this 7,000 that they were only yeah. going to sell, I'm not going to get back in that stadium. And I think that's probably why a lot of people just thought, sod it, I just need to get the season ticket now. I'll worry about the consequences later on. And that's probably why a lot of people just thought, oh, I'll just buy it. So badly designed system and a bit of, bit of pressure from the club about getting the season ticket. Um, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good experience at all. No, I, th- I think that's a very fair point because they the, the the promotion had come out saying, "Oh, we've got eight thousand plus season ticket holders," and the following day it said, "We're going to cap it at seven thousand. So, it certainly made lots of people probably. Um, uh, want to make sure that they got their season tickets uh, on that first day. I've got to say, you know, the user experience of the online system is poor. You know, we talked about on the last podcast when we could see things were being added and changed the night before. It didn't augur well for a, a smooth process. But surely someone at the club, OK, they can't change the system over the overnight. But the fact that you had to type in these 10-digit um voucher codes um and you weren't really given any guidance to you know exactly how to to find them and locate them surely someone at the club should have said right this is a messy process but we've got to live with it this year let's get something out a day before that tells people in absolute simple terms what they need to do and where they need to go to find it and i think that's the most disappointing thing for me was the communication failure um, that only really started drawing people's attention to the the what you had to do to get the voucher codes and then apply them after um, the whole system went live. I just think there must be someone at that club that would have said, hang on a minute, this looks a bit difficult for supporters. We need to get something out in advance, but they didn't. What's- so. Like Miles had said, they, they knew how much credit we had because obviously they, they, they had the vouchers already there. So why could they not just apply it to our account? It's surely, if you've got the information there, it, it, anyone, as soon as they click on the fact they want a new season card, that information's already there. Why can't it just be done automatically? Apply all, yeah, whether you could have applied all, all vouchers, um, yeah. It it just it, it it baffles me that you know we can be so um, world class uh, when it comes to the playing side of the game, uh, but still feel so amateur when it comes to the the the, the kind of uh, 
office side of the game. And I know some people have said, oh, well, this is Bristol sport. It's not Bristol rugby. But at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the, the rugby club, um, we're, we're fans of the rugby club. And if, you know, where I work, if we subcontract something to somebody and they do a bad job, people come to us because we're the ones responsible for it. Um, and I think I think they need to do something. And I, I do hope, my sincere hope, is that all those fans, and I'm sure it's in the hundreds of people that um, didn't get their credits first time round, I hope the club do the right thing, get it all sorted out, um, yeah. and uh, those people aren't left with a big credit amount on on their uh, on their accounts. Yeah, I think you're right, Tony. I mean, I, my only wish is that we're not re- replaying the same go this time next season. <laughs> <laughs> and Bristol Sport pull, pull their socks up because I'm sure we've had a whinge about this before, haven't we? Um, but yeah, they, they, this tops it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so we'll go on for we'll we'll move on from something that uh, got our goat to uh, something that caught our eye, um, and also in the last week, um, Bristol. Bears have released their new Umbro training range uh, for this year. And I think it probably caught a lot of people by surprise quite how jazzy maybe the the, the strip was. So we we had a poll on our our social, um, on our Twitter feed. So I think this came out on Friday. So we asked people, we gave them four options of how they felt about the training range. Um, 24% answered, love it. 30% said, it's growing on me. 29% said, not keen. And 17% said, yuck. So let me come to you two boys, because I know when it comes to fashion, you are right there at the cutting edge. So, Lee, you first. Um, are we going to see you pounding the mean streets of Bristol in this new training wear? I'm afraid you won't be you won't be seeing me doing that, Tony. I mean, I, I think though is I mean I've already I think we're in are we in print today? We are, aren't we? With the uh, with the Bristol Post, I've actually named this range. The Marmite range, because I do think it's completely split supporters down straight down the middle, as our Paul would probably suggest as well. Um, I mean, I think it's. I do admire a club that is completely different. Um, it's very eye-catching. Um, uh, it's just really not the kind of stuff that I would wear. But then you know, a guy kind of you know in his forties wearing wearing stuff like that. It's not. It's, it's training wear. It's not the stuff you'd wear in the street, is it? Put it that way. Okay, Miles. Let me come to you. Uh, <laughs> is it going to be making well, your Christmas list? Well, not really. I mean, to say we haven't got our muscle top guru Peter still on the phone to see what he's. Doing. I mean, I was in the seventeen percent camp, and moving on from what's my goat to what looks like it's been, has been designed by a goat, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's absolutely ghastly. I mean, bar the muscle top, which is just plain blue, um, yeah, it, it's a bit eye-catching. I had to put my sunglasses on, to, to be fair with you, just to sort of view the whole range, and it's certainly something. I'm along with Lee there, a mid-40-year-old man. It, it's not for me to wear, and yeah, I shan't be giving my giving my pennies to Bristol Sport on this one. And let's, Tony, hope that, let's hope the shirts are a bit better. <laughs> Tony, just before I ask your opinion, 
I did I did notice so I, you know our mate big Simon Simon Stone uh, he posted a photograph of um of the new training wear alongside a picture of the cast of Thinner Ladies. Do you remember yeah. that comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I have to admit that <laughs> did make me chuckle. <laughs> yes, it, w- it was a similar design, wasn't it? Well, <clears throat> it was. Let, let, let me, um, one of the things we did when we did the poll, we also asked people to give us their thoughts. So let's chat through some of the, the thoughts that came in. And um, I, I just... Lee, if you want to respond to this one, it's Claire Fluke on Twitter. Uh, she said, good to see a long-awaited ladies fit. Now, your yes. thoughts on that uh, that, that particular um, development? Well, I think we can all pat ourselves collectively on the back for this one because we have been calling for um, a decent woman's range from day one on the podcast, have we not? Yeah. And it was it was lovely, actually. It was lovely to see that um, there's there's so much for the women um, to to wear now, and I noticed our friend uh, Kaylee had already purchased, well, definitely one of the tops, possibly a couple more. Um, I think she's got a Sweet City one as well, if I remember rightly. Um, and yeah, it was it was fantastic, and also we have to big the club up um, for the photo shoot because um, you know Bristol always been big on equality. Um, and I thought that was great, the photo shoot with the, the you know, the, the men and the women together. Um, so, yeah, big, uh, big pat on the, on the back all round, I think, for everyone. Yeah, and it was it came in the week, didn't it, that uh, I think the Irish team had released the men's kit with three players, uh, but the women's uh, kit, uh, they got three models in instead of using players. So uh, it was good to see our, our women's team uh, there equally represented and modelling the, um, the ladies' fit in the range. Now, the next one um, comes from Ben Hartnell, um, and he said he liked the vest top, the one with the the, the cut off sleeves um, but just saying shame I don't have the physique to make it work well let me come to you uh, Miles um, you know could you could you see um, our, our man Pete who, who does like it who's been training all summer to look good in a vest top um, is this um, the um, least um it gives you the least displeasure then in this range because this this is one that is pretty much just just plain blue. Well, well absolutely. Well, I mean, we, we've been wondering why Pete's been hiding away from us down from us all down in the South Hampshire in the summer, and maybe lads, he's been working on his physique really in his sweet city top that he's fashioned for us. I mean, we've seen many a picture of him preparing decking in his garden with, you know, his muscle tops. And it's not a good look, is it? <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think Pete could be first knocking at the door at Bristol Sport to buy this one to add to his sleeveless uh, muscle top range. <laughs> I'm, I, I think it's, it's feeling very autumnal now, lads. And I'm not a gym girl myself. So it, it's not one for me. But so we'll, we'll leave this to our, leave this to our good friend, Pete. Right. Next, next comment that uh, came from um, Pro Kev Pro, who said uh, the training kit is lightweight and flexible. Um, he he likes it, but the his one observation were that the the logos, the Bears logo and the Umbro logos, um, were just 
iron-on stickers. So um, he was a little bit disappointed that we didn't see embroidery. I kind of can see that both ways. Um, if, if you have kind of got gym kit, there is a, a risk of um, a little bit of chafing around... Um, the, the chest if, if if you have embroidered gear so uh, but certainly you know some of them are quite pricey aren't they 30 quid for a t-shirt 40 quid for a payload shirt and uh, not to have a, a nice embroidered logo I can I can see that uh, for some people would be an issue and the final one is uh, from TT m on twitter uh and he just makes the point and i think it's a very valid point um this training wear is it is training wear it's not for going down the pub um and he says the quality uh he's obviously got some of the gear already he says the quality is street ahead of uh recent seasons and i think he makes a very fair point there um that uh, this is the training range let's hope with the leisure wear that I'm sure Umbro will be supplying, uh, which is maybe aimed more at uh, us supporters that like to prop up a bar rather than um, pull, pull weights at a gym, uh, that we might have something um, that uh, maybe is a little bit more suitable for us. But, um, you know, I think it was a great point that you made, Lee, about, you know, let's have um, the, the women players, um, you know, with the, 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 the women's training gear on. Um, do you think the club should, um, for the leisure wear, which is more for the supporters, um, should, should, should get some supporters to model it? Yeah, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, I think, like I said, Kaylee's already modelled, a, a, you know, one of the, the training tops already this week, and um, that would be fantastic. If you get support, you get the, you know the players, the women's players, to to model the the training wear, um, and get supporters to to model the leisure wear. I mean, it, it works win win for me. Definitely. Are you offering? I mean, you've you've been known to pop up a bar, but in these COVID times, that, sadly, that's not allowed, is it? So we well, might. Have I to can have still a... pop up a bar. I just need to be two meters away from anyone else, Miles. <laughs> and you might you might have to be might have to be wearing some kit and, and a mask and see how that picture goes down. Well, well, maybe, I, maybe we'll put Pete forward as our our representative if uh, for for a male model if uh, if they need one for the, uh, for the leisure range. I, on a serious note, though, Tony, I mean, um, you know, we had the, the, the listener call in then. We, we, you should expect Umbro to be streets ahead. You know, they're a world-renowned company. And, um, you know, if you're using Umbro to iron out all these silly issues that we've had in the past. So I think you should expect it to be streets ahead of anything else we've had previously. Um and I think we shouldn't have any problems with not getting any merchandise in and in at the right time in the club shop as well from now on. I think we should expect that, to be honest. Uh, absolutely. Let's let's hope that. And I just want very quickly to come to both of you um, with a comment, um, a quick comment. We've seen this uh, design. I don't know how quite you you describe it. That that's on the sleeves uh, of lots of the training gear. Do you think we're going to see something similar on maybe either the home or away kit? Lee, you first. Hopefully not, Tony. Miles. That's my shortened answer on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, we, we all know that a bit of red's been creeping in season after season. And I do like this year's top, the sort of, you know, the red and the blue. Um, it, it's a little bit abstract for my liking, so I would hope not. I think it would confuse and puzzle opposition players if it was too out there. So, no, I, I can't see it myself. Well, um, I, and this is no inside knowledge. I'm going to go for a kind of more traditional solid colour home strip but I think we might see that pattern in in the away kit so that's that's my prediction anyway gentlemen it's been a pleasure to have you on the show let's all keep our fingers crossed that the boys can pick up a game with a win at Worcester and we'll be back next week to review that game and then look forward to the two big games that come in quick succession after that so to all our listeners out there thanks for listening come on you bears you bears